your four-year-old can discover the joy of learning. Waterford Upstart is a proven effective pre-K learning program that includes fun songs, games, and activities that prepare your child for success in school. We provide all the tools you need to help your child learn to read, including a coach, a computer, and internet access. And because it's already paid for, it's free for you. Listen, uncomplicate the way you do pre-K. Enroll today at waterfordupstart.org. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Italian sub, piled high with Genoa salami, pepperoni, and Virginia honey ham. Or our Firehouse Meatball Sub with zesty marinara, both with melted provolone and Italian seasoning. Your choice, just $6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your order. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we are still, after 26 years, coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And to find out about the programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. My guest this uh, segment, Exonation, is a fellow Ontarian living in the city of Toronto, moved here from BC not that long ago, and her name is Cress Spicer. Cress has a passion for assisting adults and children and children with autism on their journey to health, wellness, and living an empowered, passionate, spiritual life. Her own official journey began in 1994 when she studied Reiki Level 1 and found it instrumental in assisting her with the personal issues she was going through at the time. Even as a young child, she was very intuitive and could see and sense energy. Reiki gave her the means to contact more, connect more deeply to her intuition, spirituality, and authentic self. 
She loved Reiki and became a Reiki master teacher in 1999. She still loves to share with adults and children her passion of Reiki and teaching others how to connect with their intuition and spiritual self. In 2002, Chris found herself suffering from severe allergies and digestive orders, disorders. It was then that she first was introduced to body talk. Chris found that body talk was the only modality that really got to the root cause of the imbalances in her body, mind, and spirit. She was absolutely impressed by the results, and to this very day, those health concerns have never come back. This healing experience inspired uh, Chris to embark on a journey to study body talk for herself. Now, in 2004, she became a certified body talk practitioner. Her love of body talk continued to grow, and in 2008, Chris became a certified body talk access trainer, teaching classes nationwide. She loves to share body talk with others and continues to tr- be truly amazed by the results that she sees for both adults and children. Cress's speciality is working with children with autism and adult and children stress issues. Her website is www.infinitebodytalk.net. And joining me now from Toronto, Ontario, just down the road from Hamilton, is Cress <laughs> Spicer. And Cress, welcome to the X Zone. Thank you. <laughs> um, how did you get into alternative health? Why did you get into alternative health? Well, basically. Um, Originally, the the reason I got into alternative health is because for my own healing. You know, my mother got cancer when she was 40, mm-hmm. and um, that was the first time she had it. And the, when I went to um, like the hospital with her, yes. the doctor said that it was caused um, through stress. And then I realized that, you know, maybe I need to do something differently. <laughs> so that I was probably 18 years old. Um, and I realized that that was starting my interest into alternative health and mm-hmm. sort of looking after myself and doing things differently. And then in 1990, I came to Canada and that's when my journey started even more deeply with all the, you know, letting Reiki and yeah. the other things. So, yeah, I mean, it was basically, I mean, I've always had the intuition to, I've always been in, connected to that and very interested in that and, you know, but ultimately, it was my mother getting sick that really like stopped me in my tracks and thinking I've got to do something differently. You know. Mm. So, yeah. so the doctor said that this cancer was caused by stress. Yeah, emotional stress and physical stress, and all my family's in England. Mm. But um, yeah, she had a lot of stress she went through. You know, she had three kids. And she worked full time, and you know, and she she was working like six, seven days a week sometimes, and twelve hour days. So I I really saw her. My goodness, gosh, being under a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah. All right, All right Chris, please stand by. You and I have to take our first commercial. We'll be back on the mm-hmm. other side of this short break. Exxon Nation. Our guest this hour is Chris Spicer, and if you'd like to contact Chris uh, or visit her online. InfiniteBodyTalk.net. That's www.infinitebodytalk.net. And Chris and I will return on the other side of this break as we continue here in the XO from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. ExoNation, Chris Spicer is my special guest. Uh, we're talking about Body Talk this hour here in the Exxon. Her website is infinitebodytalk.net. Um... Now, why did you stick with it to make it your profession? Body talk we're talking about as well as Mm -hmm. alternative health. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm passionate about alternative health and healing. And, you know, it's something I've always been passionate since a child about Mm -hmm. doing, you know, doing things naturally, taking flowers, and, you know, then I do aromatherapy. But I'm passionate about how I can live the best life and hoping because I'm I love to share my um, what I, my journey with others and knowledge that I've learned along the way and because I've been doing being in the alternative health profession since like 1994 well 1994 officially when mm-hmm. I did the Reiki level one I really realized the benefits of um, alternative health and healing and meditation and how it can help you reduce the stress, how it can help you to you know, follow your path and purpose and to live the life you really love. And I really am passionate about assisting others on their journey into health and wholeness and well-being. And I, it's a constant journey for me too. I'm always mm-hmm. learning. So. You know, it's not like I'd never stop learning sure. and I always have, you know, I receive sessions all the time and work on my stuff. And I know, you know, from my sessions that body talk and Reiki work and they also see amazing results with people I've worked with too. So, you know, I'm, I just love to share and I'm learning Parama and the body talk, and so I'm all. The thing is, I love about it that I'm. It's an ever-growing process. I'm always learning. I'm always evolving, and that, that's exciting for me. What is the What is your work with children with autism? What is that all about? And how did you do, or why did you decide to focus on children with autism? So basically, um, the reason I focus with children with autism 
is because my training from England, um, because I'm from England, from Nottingham, is the NNED, which is nursery nursing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I went to college and I studied um, nursery nursing, which is like a children's nursery nurse. It's the in-depth development of children from birth to seven for like two years. And I did a course before that for a year. So I've done a lot of study around child development and children and also had the East Early Childhood Educator. Um, So my training was that. And when I was like 19, I started working in the school board in England and I worked a lot with special needs children. And when I was like 19, I used to volunteer in a hospital just before I moved over to Canada in a special needs hospital in my hometown. And um, I I was just, I felt a lot of compassion and a, a very, I felt a connection to these children I was working with and a lot of them had severe autism, severe learning delays. And that was sort of the beginning for me of my journey of like mm-hmm. working with these guys. And then I've worked in many school boards both in Canada and England, um, as a student support worker, specifically like doing on-call work, as supporting autistic children in the classroom. So I've had, had a lot of hands-on experience with these children, as well as doing Reiki and body talk and having both of these sort of running side-by-side for quite a few years. And basically, I mean, in Vancouver, I was doing like, going into some private schools and working with children with self-regulation and teaching them how to ground. And, you know, it's all, it's sort of all combining my experience now. It seems that there's more autism now than any t- other time in history. Is is yeah. there any reason for that? Mm. You know what? It's true. It is so true. More and more children are being diagnosed yeah. with it. You know what? I think that it's always been around. I think there's a lot of people probably like years older who have different forms of um, autism like Asperger's and things like mm-hmm. that but were never sort of designated it like 20 years ago. But as today the designation is becoming more popular that, you know, there's more people saying, oh, I was like that as a child. And it's just like, I think a lot of us have these tendencies and, you know, it's, for children, especially like when I worked in classrooms and things, and even as having clients, I mean, some of the classrooms I worked with supporting children in school boards was like three or four autistic children in the classroom. Wow. It was just pretty surprising and shocking. Yeah. Well, how would one diagnose a child with autism? What are some of the um, signs and symptoms? Well, I mean, when you're in the, in the school board, I mean, it's the... Um, they go through like the psychological testing and right. they go and go through the special testing. But I mean, there's some things that there's common tendencies uh, that autistic children may have. And some of those that I've noticed are that a lot of them have issues with like the um, communication, social, mm-hmm. having issues with social skills, having issues, um, being able to express and connect to their bodies and to self-regulate because they aren't some of them a lot of them aren't able to to recognize how they're feeling and so get to be feeling really frustrated and lose control and you know and that's when often you'll get the meltdowns and things because they don't know how to connect to their body and to 
just to ground themselves and to take a few breaths and you know like the skills that we've learned right. they often don't have and that creates some other um, issues for them but what what i noticed too that when i was working with them in the schools and i did a lot of work in friendship groups and things like that with them but mm-hmm. it was also those guys are very super sensitive on the energy level as well so you could i was connecting and communicating with them a lot um like telepathically <laughs> it wasn't just on a it was on an academic and supportive role and teaching them all the other skills but often i could also connect with them on an energetic level too would anger be one of the uh, one of the uh, signs or one of the tattletale cells of a person being autistic anger yes oh no i mean Everyone can get angry. Anybody can, right? Right, but, a, but if a child is frustrated, they get angry. And yeah. if autistic children get frustrated because they, you know, because of, of the, disease, uh, the, the disease itself, is, wouldn't the, the flare-ups of anger be part of the, the, um, the signs or symptoms? I mean, it can be for some, yeah, a lot of them it can be because of the frustration. Right, yeah. The frustration they're feeling mm-hmm. around. And the reason is because I personally believe, because having worked with a lot of children with behaviors, that there's a reason why children act out, right? It's not like they're ultimately bad or you know, right. angry. It's because there's a need that's not being met or there's a need that they're not able to express. And Often, you know, like when we as adults get frustrated and angry, it's because we, there's something we need to say or somebody's making us upset or angry and frustrated. But with the autistic kiddies, they don't often have the means of being able to express themselves and to connect to how they feel. And this in turn then relates to like the behavior or a meltdown or do you know what they need is, I mean, often what they need is sometimes they need like the social stories or means of being able to connect to their emotions and to being able to express them. Sometimes, you know, like I take them into, you know, walks outside right. and kicking a football so mm-hmm. they could just get, release their the, frustration. As around. well as release built up energy. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So yeah. what is what is body talk? Body talk. Um, was created by John Valkheim, and it's an alternative form of healing, consciousness-based, and it's a combination of osteopathic chiropractic, Vedic Chinese medicine, Western medicine principles, and Vedic principles all mixed together. And the belief is your body has the innate ability to heal itself, and using muscle... the um, muscle testing, we're able to connect to your body's innate healing wisdom and always asking to find out what the priority is. Body Talk's able to get to the root causes behind imbalances on all levels and release it. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah. what other, mm-hmm. besides autism and um, stress issues, what else could Body Talk be used for? Oh, gosh, it's amazing. Um, I've seen amazing stuff happen. I mean, I... In Vancouver, um, I actually worked, a mother, I'll just give you an example, I mean, it can work with everything. For myself, it was like with allergies, digestive issues, Mm -hmm. you can work with, um, 
gosh, I work a lot with people with injuries. Um, I work a lot with people with emotional issues like trauma from childhood and things like that and belief systems that they sort of aren't working for them. Body Talk's great for, and it works on every level. It works on the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, every level and able to release whatever is not serving them at the root causes, the root levels. Um, so that's why for me it was so powerful when I got into it because that was the thing that transformed me and it's never come back. I haven't had wow. the allergies and I don't get the digestive issues. So it really does get to the deep levels. If body talk is as good mm-hmm. as you're saying it is and you know, you're living proof that it works, why isn't body talk being used by Western medical professionals? They you know <laughs> You know what? They are actually, there are some pediatricians. Actually, more on the West Coast, I think there's some medical doctors who are actually using it. And also um, in Vancouver and on the West Coast, um, when I was working in the Vancouver, I actually had three medical doctors who were clients of mine. Mm -hmm. And they took Reiki with me too. I mean, they realized, that because they were coming to see me for their injuries and things, because body talk is able is very complementary to Western medicine and and especially like I they all of the doctors came in with a lot of injuries and other issues, but they realized the value of it and how it could help them. There are quite a few doctors around the place who are who are using that and using it with children too, pediatric doctors and things. Plus, Vancouver is predominant, has a large Asian community, and the Asian community is more accepting and more willing to use alternative medicine. Is this a factor? Oh, I don't know, actually. Um, hmm. I actually don't know about that. I, I think that... Um, hmm. I mean, some of the... The communities out mm-hmm. there are more open to alternative medicine because, like with the Chinese community, they know about qi, they know about healing and health and things like that, and 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 other um, people too. No, I think. Hmm. I'm going to let you think about that as we go to a commercial break with yeah. the news. Please stand yeah. by. Exonation Crest Spicer is our special guest. www.infinitebodytalk.net. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. To all our Canadian listeners, this weekend is Canada Day weekend. Canada is 150 years young. So to each and every one who's listening who is Canadian or who wants to be a Canadian, happy Canada Day. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back, everyone. Chris Spicer is our special guest. We're talking about body talk this hour, www.infinitebodytalk.net. Do you have any success stories that you can share with us, uh, Chris? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I have quite a few. The, one of the big ones that really stands out for me and that I found was really touching was um, a few years ago, a mother contacted me on the through um, Gmail and she found my website and she found out that I had a lot of experience working with children and she contacted me because her daughter of like 16 months was having seizures and Mm. she'd never had seizures before and she was going to children's hospital this was quite a few years ago and um, she wanted the child got put in medication but she wanted to know why she, the child, you know, the, the medical, the hospital couldn't find out what was causing them. So she wanted me to give the child sessions. And basically I went to their home and um, I did a home visit with the child, the mother being there. And I worked on the child. And in the first session, it was like environmental factors came up for the child. Like she was reacting to some, like what was it? She was reacting to the grass at the daycare she was at and also to some laundry powders. And, and then she had some memories around family and, you know, family um, arguments when she was younger. She remembered that was making her upset. And, and then she was having body chemistry issues around, you know, some allergies and intolerances and to a few things. And a few other things came up around like belief systems around not feeling safe. Mm-hmm. And this all came up in her body talk session. And in the first session, um, she actually stopped having a seizure. And two days later, her mom took her to the BC Children's Hospital and she they tested her and was, everything was okay. And she, they took her off the medication and the child and the mother continued to give the child more sessions. So the child had another three or four sessions just to completely like move her through whatever was creating these imbalances for her right and then the mother then started having sessions and she had just gone through some you know some family issues and some splitting up with her husband and oh, after about six sessions the mother sort of left it was just amazing transformation she had she left where she was living in BC and moved to the interior BC um, and then with her daughter and then she started to study like speech therapy and she had a complete transformation of her life. She just said that, you know, it was just amazing and I actually keep in contact with her because she's so, still so grateful for me for doing the sessions for them and how it completely, like they had a life transformation. So it was just amazing. I mean, that's really... You know, I, it's a lot of. Gra- I feel a lot of gratitude being able to sh- share mm-hmm. 
that, you know, journey with people and to be part of that. Yeah. Tell me about your book. So my book, I've been writing my book on autism. And basically, um, it's around, about childhood autism and its strategies for understanding their sort of mysterious world is what it's about. And it's about like case studies of kiddies I've been working with over the years and also coming from an energy perspective as well because I truly believe that autistic children have a strong connection to spirituality and are often functioning at a very high level wow. of um, consciousness. And that's another thing I've noticed that um, when I've worked with them, that they're often very working on such high levels of consciousness, they're not often grounded in their body. And often I'd have to sort of sit next to them and help them ground into their body um, because, and then, you, you know, it's just amazing their energy, some of these guys. Um, yeah, so that's basically what my book is about. What was your inspiration for writing your book? My inspiration was that, um, I mean, I, I've always had a very strong connection with autistic children. And I was inspired because I, I found all of the, the autistic children inspiring in themselves. Mm -hmm. That I really feel they're here to awaken us to higher levels of consciousness. And I i mean, some of the things, some of the connections I made with some of these children, were, it was just amazing. And a lot of the children, believe it or not, the autistic children are extremely loving and unconditional, like loving, like a lot of the children I work with, even the ones who had behaviors and things. Mm -hmm. You know, they 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 have this purity and a joy to them. You know, and that that's why I mean, I just I just they all inspired by those guys and want to share from the ground level, like from working with them at this level, how they are special and how they are able to show us and open us to different aspects of ourselves. But you know, a child showing you how open they are and how loving yes. they are, isn't that mm -hmm. true of all children who suffer of one disease or another? You know what? I think I feel, yeah, yeah, because basically what happens, yeah, I think a lot of children, like I've worked with children with CP and mm -hmm. a lot of other things too, and I've worked with children deafblind too, that... What happens is that I think that they um, their sense they they compensate in other ways, and all children are sensitive, right? Every I I truly believe we're all born open to our spirituality as babies and very sensitive and connected to our spirit and who you know the universe, whoever you want that to be, and those children the ones, you know, with the learning delays, mm -hmm. the autistic kiddies, and whoever has the, um, the other, the other guys, well, you know, they have a, they seem to retain their openness and their connection to their spirituality and their, um, 
to their loving, a lot of them keep a very open connection to their loving side, the spirituality, a love of nature. You know, a lot of kitties I work with, autistic kitties are very connected to nature. And, you know, sometimes when they get obsessed about things, you know, a lot of kitty, autistic kitties have obsessions, you know, around numbers or things like that. Mm-hmm. That is what their passion are, you know. Their passion, they all have their own unique ways of being. But what about, what about the, the psychological effect on the child that because they're sick, they're getting all this attention. Could this be part of the reason why they appear to be so special is because of the amount of attention that they receive from friends, family, society, and the medical community? Can you say that again? Certainly. Mm-hmm. You said that the autistic children were, were very special. They were very mm-hmm. loving. They were very spiritual. Mm-hmm. A child who receives all this attention from their parents, society, friends, mm-hmm. relatives, and the medical community feel that they're very special. And they open up to, they're, they're like a flower that opens up, you know. But other children who are well don't get the same attention. Could this mm. be part of the solution? Mm. Hmm. It's true that um, those other children, I mean, it just depends, right? Because in the classroom, when I was working in the classroom, Mm -hmm. I was there to support, specifically to support those kiddies with learning delays or, or other things. But I mean, I truly believe all children are gifted or beautiful in their own right as a you know as a unique soul but I mean by right you know sometimes children who do have extra needs or special delays or Mm -hmm. learning delays or whatever their unique thing is they do require some extra um, attention to be able to for them to function adequately Right, and within society or home, you know, if those kitties weren't given that extra attention, then <clears throat> you know, then you'd get the behaviors, and then you know, they need to be able to. I truly, I mean, ultimately, the, the ultimate way would be to treat everybody equally. I agree, right, in, in the equal society and things, right? But, um, you know, it's yeah. The children that you tre- that you taught, were they in a separate class or were they in the class with the regular them. students? No, they were integrated into regular mainstream. I mean, some of the most of them, I mean, when I worked in behavior rooms, mm-hmm. sometimes I worked in behavior rooms, those guys were in their own room because, you know, <laughs> sometimes when you're in a room with like five guys, and they've gotten, you know, there's like four staff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's one time there was one behavior room I went into that was like, I felt intimidated. And I actually had to leave because um, I was like four guys and they were all like six foot two and they were like grade eight students in there. And they all were having a bad day and they had severe behaviors like to throw furniture around and, you know, so... 
they needed that time alone and I actually had to leave the room because you know I could really sense that things were getting out of control then and they needed yeah they needed that time out to uh, just to calm themselves down and yeah all right so you've got these these regular children who are not being who are not being treated for autism in the same class as the other children how does the how does the attention that the specially needing children who have autism that these these children are getting this attention from a specialist like yourself how does this affect the rest of the class well for me personally like when i was <clears throat> working in the school in Vancouver and I was working with a deafblind child mm-hmm. in the, that was in a Montessori school. That was actually a really great place because they included everybody. I, I made sure that it was inclusive. I always included other kiddies with her, whatever we did, like she would choose children to come with her and, you know, I'd make sure that we're in the middle of the classroom and be involved in it. I wouldn't want to keep, you know, try to keeping her in there as much as possible, right? So she feels like she's one with the class and, you know, and being able to feel included with everybody else, for sure. All right, but how did the children in the not-special classes feel? Did they feel that they weren't getting the same attention as the child who has who had autism? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes the other children would react to it. Mm-hmm. For sure, they would. Yeah. So, it, yeah. would this mm-hmm. be fair for the other children? Think about that. We'll have to take a break. Exxon Nation, Chris Spikers, mm-hmm. our guest, and we'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back, everyone. Chris Spicer is our special guest. We're talking about body talk. We're talking about autism. We're talking about stress. And if you'd like to find out more about Chris, her website is infinitebodytalk.net. So, Chris, uh, before we went to the break, I, I, you know, like if you now, I don't believe in segregation whatsoever when it comes to children with disabilities and children who have no apparent disabilities. But how do the how does the school system or how do the teachers balance between the children who need the extra attention and the children who apparently don't? Because we know kids, they, they carry grudges. You know, they, they mm-hmm. you know, so, mm-hmm. so how is this coped with? <laughs> you know what? Sometimes it was coped with really badly in the classroom, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there were some classes, in, especially when they, in the Vancouver, I remember going into and children were sort of reacting on each other and sometimes they would create behaviors mm-hmm. because they wanted attention as well sure um, and basically what would happen was that um <clears throat> you know sometimes I'd, I'd do a friendship group with the whole class um so basically so the child wouldn't feel segregated and also going into teaching them like um when i teach like a what we go in and teach them like zones of regulation. Mm-hmm. So the whole sort of just having the one child learn it, they talk awkward together. And basically it's like they're learning how they are feeling. It's like blue is like feeling upset and sad. And then green's like the ultimate state. And then yellow's anxious and then red's angry. And it's sort of like leading a circle. So, you know, involving all the children, because I noticed, like, some of the classrooms, like, you know, they're all playing off each other and to be Not able sure. to involve the whole class and everything and to be able to ask everybody how they're feeling and make it into sort of a group thing mm-hmm. was the ultimate thing. And, um, you know, so giving the child the ability to sort of check in on themselves and to, to see, you know, include everybody was the ultimate thing, right? Are there any statistics that you're aware of that show if more if more uh, young men or young women are targeted by uh, by autism? Hmm. Most well, statistics do show that there's more men mm-hmm. boys with autism. Really? Yeah? And less yeah, yeah. Do we know why? Do we know what triggers it? I mean, it's a, it's um. I mean, sometimes you know, it, it could be a genetic thing. It could be an environmental thing. Like, you know, sometimes the autism 
they've shown has been triggered by vaccinations and you know since I think it can be called a bunch of things well I but, the way I understand it that there is no there's no direct evidence scientific evidence or medical evidence to mm-hmm. to point to the fact that a child has received a vaccination to autism mm-hmm. so how can we say that so basically, um, I say there's many different things, not just one thing. There's mm-hmm. many different things that could create it. And it's also, um, <clears throat> an imbalance in the brain, too. So is autism a neurological disorder? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so does a child ever outgrow autism, or is he autistic for the rest of his life or her life? Well, they're happy, and you've, you've heard stories in the media, you know, like um, where kitties have outgrown um, autism. I mean, that, that, it just depends. But if right? it, how, can I mean, a, how can a child outgrow a neurological disorder? Well, there's things, I mean, like, there's things to help your child, right? You can help them through diet. Mm-hmm. But because, you know, there's, there's things that, um, there's markers that are related to autism. And often it's, it, you know, they often have gut issues and intolerances and allergies and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's, if you can provide the correct diet, um, maybe, you know, I have a friend in Vancouver gives the child homeopathy and, and a whole bunch of things. She puts him on a special diet and go and also going through therapy and things like that. It can really help the child become more able and capable and balanced of dealing with things. You know what I mean? There's things you can do to actually really assist the child to have a, a whatever a normal life is. But, I mean, they still... You know, it's not like you're curing them. You're assisting mm-hmm. them to have a better style and lifestyle. So where do you see the treatment of of uh, autism in the next five, ten years? I don't know. Is there research going on presently for autism? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always lots of research going on for it, for sure. And what, is, sure. The, what, is, what, what is research telling us about autism and how it can be? Uh, how it can be beat? Oh gosh! Um, I don't know. I'd have to find that out. Off. <laughs> I don't have that information on me right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know there's there's like websites and things where you can find out about like the latest research and mm-hmm. things like that into it. But often, I haven't got that on me. I don't have that in front of me, that information. What is the average age of a of a, of a patient that you see for autism? Um, well, when I work with them, in, like with the body talk and the... Um, yeah. Probably about... I work with some young children because, I mean, generally, sometimes children don't get started diagnosed about two or three years old. Mm-hmm. So three years old. I worked with a two-and-a-half-year-old a couple of months ago, long distance, and it was like 
the child was in India and I did all his sessions long distance. And there was a lot of like praying um, links came up for him. How does how does long distance healing work? So basically, um, it's it's using I use a surrogate. Like I used him in that case. I mm-hmm. it's often when I work with children with autism, I'll use the parents as a surrogate. Like sometimes they'll come into the clinic, or um, I used his mother as a surrogate. Like. Um, right. So the child was asleep, and then I do the session on the mother, which the session was linked into the child, so the child would receive all the links. Um, it just depends. Yeah, I mean, sometimes with the children, I'll use the mother as a surrogate for them. <laughs> so, what are your final thoughts for the listening audience of the Exo Nation tonight about the work that you do and how you can help children with autism? That hmm. you don't have any words of wisdom. Oh, I do. I'm just thinking. Um, yeah, I mean, these children. Um, I I've just been very inspired by them, and that mm-hmm. there's things that we can do to assist them on their journey into becoming more whole in their functioning, like in their social skills and their language skills and, and you know, just connecting and communicating. Mm-hmm. Can a child with autism lead a normal adult life? Hmm. It depends on the level, right? You know, there's different levels of functioning of autism. It could be pretty severe, you know, where you require in diapers, nonverbal, and require like full-on um, help and assistance to more like the high-function Asperger's, like gifted Asperger's who are very social, or well, not social, but have good language skills and able to express themselves, but still may need you know, some checking in. I don't I don't think you can have like a, a normal, you know, I think that, right. yeah, I mean, they, they can lead full lives, get jobs, get married, you know, and there's some very high functioning. Well, um, if, if a person who has autism as a child and they grow up and have children, will, the, will their children have autism? I'm not sure about that. I don't know. Like, I'd have to check on the, I don't want to say yes or no, that it's definitely going to be mm-hmm. that way. I mean, there's a, there's many factors that can contribute to that. Right. You know, it's the environmental thing. Sometimes, you know, you'd get people with autism, like with the parents or engineers or, you know, there's so many different factors that it doesn't necessarily that. You know, because sure. somebody has it, it's going to be that way, but I, I don't want to say, you know. All right, Chris, not- we've run out of time for tonight. I want to thank you so much. Um, Exo I'll be back uh, on the other side of this news break at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour. 
as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. To all our Canadian listeners, this weekend is Canada Day. Canada is 150 years young, so to each and every Canadian and want to be Canadian, happy Canada Day. <laughs> 